Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaSports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. Welcome to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, Ed Meyer. And good evening to Winning Ponies. I'm your host, Ed Meyer. Thank you for taking your time to join us each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, as we talk about the Sport of Kings. It is only... 358 days until Kentucky Derby 138, and that only means one thing. 137 is in the books, and the most exciting day in racing is almost a week old. Hard to believe. The big buildup, it didn't disappoint, and it's almost a week old. Winning Ponies is ready and, ready and waiting as the Derby is in the book, and Preakness 136 is drawing closer Eight days and counting as the second jewel of the Triple Crown is drawing near. Don't forget, Winning Ponies is more than just a radio show. It is a state-of-the-art easy win form prediction sheet. That means they are probably one of the best that I've actually ever seen. Probably one of the most fan-friendly, player-friendly, accurate sheets that I've ever seen. Easy win forms they can easily be purchased in seconds not days not a half an hour they're not going to mail it to you right when you want it on demand get in the game take a look at it they got blogs stories free selections as i said state-of-the-art easy win predictions that have color-coded tiers speed matchup speed ratings for the current race one for the composite for the last three races Handy icons and detailed rider trainer information to give you the inside scoop on who wins with who. My favorite change is the change of tab, the change of weather tab, as no other data offers this tool for up-to-the-minute updates. So stop gambling, start winning, only at www.winningponies.com. Give them a look, Kitty. It is Triple Crown time, you know. What's happening tonight? Recap of Derby 137. Going to talk some biggins, and we've got a sad news story to talk about. Special guest in segment number two is hardworking veteran rider who almost stole the Kentucky Derby aboard the fourth-place finisher Shackleford, Mr. Jesus Gasnon, is going to be joining us in the second segment. Hardworking rider. I've had the pleasure of watching him ride at many ovals. Wherever the money will be, Jesus is on board. Looking forward to chatting with him in segment number two. Then we got plenty of news from around the world of racing, some final furlong handicapping. So let's get rolling, not dilly-dally. Let's jump 
right on out. Don't you like it when there's just no dilly-dallying? Speaking about dilly-dallying, Kentucky Derby, Chicago man almost fails to answer the call. Chicago man Rico Flores wins the place $100,000 derby wager. It says he almost missed his shot to make a potentially life-changing wager, as we saw last year with Super Saver. He ignored five restricted calls coming onto his phone on April 25th, assuming someone was trying to sell him something. By the sixth call, he'd had enough and was going to give somebody a piece of his mind. But it was a woman calling to tell him that he won the chance to make the hundred grand win bet on the Derby. <laughs> he had registered with the Dream Bet sweepstakes weeks early and never thought about it again. He's been in the Derby about 20 times and watched most of them from the infield. That's where he met his fiancée, Louisville Denise Crane, while attending the Oaks. But Thursday and Crane were getting the royal treatment. They were having a great time. Now, you're, you're going to say, who did he go with? He was zeroing in on Dowden, Nero, Mucho Macho Man, Thirsty. He went with Mucho Macho Man. You know what? That's a hundred grand wager, though. I mean, that in itself is, is always a whole lot of fun there. All right, let's jump in and let's take a look at Oaks Day. That happened on Friday. And we're going to start with race number six, the La Troyenne. This is where the stakes action really started heating up. The La Troyenne stakes a mile and a 16th. Winner is the seven blind luck, Garrett Gomez, 482, 6220. Second, the eight, unrivaled Bell. Third goes to all due respect. Race number seven on the Oaks card was the Edgewood stakes a mile and a 16th on the Greensward. Winner is the two Diva Dash, Kenta Sormo, and he earns $9, $5, and 340. Second was the eight, Sassy's Dream. Third is the six, Smart Sting in the Edgewood. Race number eight, the eight bell stakes, seven panels for three-year-olds. Winner, the eight, Victoria's Wildcat, Kenta Sormo in the irons, 15, 20, 6, 20, 4, 40. Second is the two, Home Sweet Aspen. Third, the seven, Honey Chili. Race number nine, the Alley Sheba stakes going a mile and a 16th. Very nice race indeed. Winner, the seven, first dude in a whisker show right at the wire. Martin Garcia, Borpain, 925-4420. Second is the 11, Regal Ransom, Alan Garcia aboard. And third is the 4, Equestrio, finishing out the trifecta. Race number 10 was the American Turf Stakes, a mile in a 16th on the weeds. It was three-year-olds. It was a stakes race, the American Turf winner. And I have to say, I did give this one out because I bet it. I only made a couple of bets on Oaks Day, and boy, was I really, really happy with this one. Banned. Garrett Gomez in the Irons fan, 865-4380. Second, the one close ally, and I mean really close, rounding up the try is number 13, Air Support. And that rounded out a 3-1-13 try in the American turf. Race number 11 was the Kentucky Oaks, a mile and a three-year-old Phillies. It was a beautiful stakes race. Winner is the 12, Plum Pretty. Martin Garcia aboard for Bob Afford, $1,467.460. Second was the 13, St. John's River. Rosina Pravnik getting beat right out the wire. I mean, she was really flying. I mean, in that race, pants were on fire because she was blazing down the lane. 13, 27, 20. Third is the 6, Zazu, Joel Rosario Payne. Four dollars on the show price there, so you know you you had a really nice, a really nice Oaks Day. I I had to say it, it kind of wet my whistle. It got me all all ready and all, all focused for you know Derby Day, and 
And, and I have to tell you, went down for Derby and had an incredible day, met the winning ponies folks, uh, great guys. And I, and I think that uh, you need to take a look at uh, winning ponies if you haven't already because we, we had a nice long chat about it. They're going to have some really neat upgrades here coming up, but I'm going to leave that up to you because you need to take a look at it. Let's kick off race number six on Derby Day. That was the Twin Spires Turf Sprint. It's five on the turf. Three-year-olds and up. It is a beautiful stakes race. Winners of the two, Regally Ready, Corey Nakatani in the irons, $884.43. Second is the eight, Bridgetown. Third, the five, Chamberlain Bridge. Didn't show up for the money on this day, as I thought the money kid always does. Race number seven, and that is the Humana Distaff, seven panels. Winners of the one, Sassy Image, Robbie Alvarado. 34, 29, 40, and 480. Second is the seven, Hilda's Passion. Third, the four, Amen, Hallelujah, in the Humana Distaff. Race number eight, the Churchill Distaff Turf Mile Stakes. One mile on the weeds, three-year-olds and up. Winner, number eight, Aviate. Kent DeSormo in the irons, 13, 26, 45 dollars. Second is the six, Aruna. Aruna really looking good. And then rounding out the trifecta is the seven, Fantasia, and Speaking about a gentleman, he's holding online. We're going to be jumping out to him very shortly, Mr. Jesus Castanon, after a busy day at Churchill Downs. Race number nine at Churchill Downs on Derby Day. The Churchill Downs stakes winner. Number one, Aikenite, Johnny Velasquez in the air. It's 2860, 1260, 840. Second is the three, a priority. Third is the seven, Aboye with Garrett Gomez rounding out the trifecta. Race number 10, the Woodford Reserve Turf Classic stakes a mile and an eighth on the weeds. Winner is the seven, Get Stormy, Ramon Dominguez, $17, $9, and $6 to show. Second is the six, Smart Bid, rounding out the try, the eight, Doubles Partner. Race 11, Kentucky Derby, presented by Yum Brands. Kentucky Derby, 137, goes a mile and a quarter for three-year-olds. Beautiful stakes race. Coming out of the clouds, Animal Kingdom, Johnny Velasquez picking up the mount for the injured Robbie Alvarado, who took off prior the day before and did not ride on the Oaks car. But as you heard me say Robbie Alvarado's name, he actually rode a winner on the undercard. Needless to say, Johnny Velasquez in the irons, getting Animal Kingdom to the wire, 4380, dollars $13. Second, the 19 Nero, who made a beautiful move at the top of lane. Corey Nakatani board, 880 and 640. Then we go to Mucho Macho Man Rush, even Marat, $7. And a gentleman on the phone who's holding Mr. Jesus Castanon tried to steal this race. And I mean, looked really good on Shackelford. When they turned for home, Shackelford looked like he was going to give them all that they wanted. And in fact, he did, but we're going to let Mr. Castanon tell us all about that. It had to be quite a neat feeling to actually be aboard. Turn for home, you're on top, and you've got the keys to be beat and or dictate what he had. And I'll tell you what, it was really, really a lot of fun. It was a great race. The others moved. I can't say the pace was exactly what I envisioned it, but once again, we'll leave it up to Mr. Castanon to kind of guide us along and get us ready here. We'll run down the biggins real quick. 
We got Friday, May 6th. There was 109 total big ins. Evangeline Downs leads the pack. Race one, a Superfecta key, $6,370 led the pack. And then on Saturday, May 7th, that is Derby Day, Charlestown. Race one, a Superfecta, $11,570. That's some pretty good shooting. Sunday, May 8th, 129 total big ins. Sun Ray Park, race five, a Superfecta, $22,206.00. And 20 cents. Monday, May 9.50, total biggins. Indiana Downs Race 10, a Superfecta, 2,639.80. Tuesday, May 10th, 42 total biggins. Sunray Park again, Race 7, a Superfecta, 6,325.80. Sunray lighting them up. Wednesday, May 11th, 49 total biggins. Charlie Town, race number 6. With a Superfecta key, $4,840.20. Thursday, May 12th, that's today, 16 total biggins. Belmont, race five, a Superfecta, $2,590. Very nice. And the exotic predictions are $2.9 million this year and growing. And it's going to continue to grow. Actually, it's $2.9,976,340 to be exact if you're keeping score at home. Winning Pony has had a great day, and you know there was there were there was a lot of goings on in racing, and, and you know I think I'm going to bring it up a little bit later because I, I just really can't actually I, I just don't want to start off on a negative note, but uh, we actually have uh, some some bad news, but you know we'll, we'll talk about it at the end of the show because uh, I, I'm on a I'm on a high note here, and I've got one of the one of the stealers of the race when he turned for home. I'm at right about the eighth pole, and I see this man on top, and he's about a length and a half on, on the lead. By this time, we all thought the speed was going to fade, but Jesus Castanon was going to have no part of that. For Dale Romans, who's doubly dangerous, you talk about a man who knows Churchill Downs inside and out, and a man that rides with his heart each and every time. I've seen him ride at many, many ovals, and over the years I've seen him ride at Turfway Park so many times. That uh, it's always been a pleasure, and Hayes is going to be joining us right after a break, which we're going to be going to here shortly. But at the top of the lane, Shackelford, I didn't think he was actually going to give it up, but once again, we're going to let the whole story unfold. Well, time to head out to a break, and when we return, we're going to be talking to this week's special guest, jockey aboard Shackelford, Mr. Jesus Castanon. But you're only going to get it if you stay tuned here on Winning Ponies. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horse Stradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. 
From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer, and thank you for taking time to join us as we are in segment number two. Segment two is where we have on our special guest of the week. This week is no different. We are honored and pleased to chat with our special guest. He tried to steal it at the top of the lane in Derby 137. Joining us, Ryder Board Shackford, Mr. Jesus Casnon. Jesus, are you there? Yes, sir. How are you doing? I'm very well. Uh, congratulations on uh, on a really nice ride. I think you gave some people some gray hair down the lane. Yes, sir. It was pretty excited to be uh, to be riding for the you know for my first time in the Derby. I'll tell you what, uh, I, I won't jinx anything, but I, I'd have to say that many people have, uh, you know, I've been watching watching your career unfold at Turfway Park and many other places that you've ridden, but I think you've kind of caught uh, a national spotlight as uh, one one of the riders to be reckoned with, and, and I know many, many people are just very, very proud of you. Hey, Susa, just jumping right into it. Uh, Give our listeners a little glimpse, you know, as you know, if you had that little jockey cam on your hat, give them a little glimpse. Last Saturday, Kentucky Derby 137, there's a speedy colt attempting to go wire to wire by the name of Shackelford. Tell our listeners what it was like as you turned for home a length on top. Well, I'm going to tell you one thing. It was, uh, I just, I just kind of let my horse do what he wanted to do, and uh, I put myself in the lead. It was such a big, uh, Excitement going to to the stretch um, in the first turn, open up a lane, length and a half, and what I did, I just uh, took it. Uh, probably I would say that it was just like another race, and um, but uh, coming down the stretch when my horse opened up, I just I just feel so so uh, so amazing. It was uh, it was the best feelings ever, and I thought I was gonna pull it. I thought I was gonna be able to finish up. You know, as a winner, which I did. My horse really gave me a good race, and I'm so excited. I mean, just I mean, it, it was the best feelings ever. 
It was incredible to watch the race unfold, and especially there's been very few that have gone actually wire-to-wire in the history of the Derby. Shackleford looked to pull it off, especially with the, uh, the, the, the bullet trains that were waiting in the back of the pack to, to have their say-so at the quarter pole. But before we get into that, how is Shackleford doing after the race? Eating up well? Uh, uh, coming along fine? Yes, sir. I'm going to tell you one thing. In the uh, first day he went to the track, I was happy to see, see him at uh, jogging. And uh, he was playing around. He was jumping up and down. He's been eating good, and he's ready He's ready to go for the next uh, race, which does the Pregnus. The Pregnus stakes? Mm-hmm. All systems go for trainer Dale Romans, who's actually been on our show. Quite a gentleman, and uh, quite a bit. He's a funny fellow. Quite quite a bit of yeah. wit that he, he actually brought with him. And you are still aboard. Uh, nothing. Uh, you don't have to be anywhere special that day but the Pregnus? Yes, sir. That will be the day that I'll be there. I'll be. Yeah, we, we hope I'll to be see ready. the winter circle. <laughs> hey, Jesus, uh, can you tell our listeners a little bit about how you actually, uh, you know, uh, put the boots on and uh, and became a uh, professional rider? Was it family connections or just a lifelong dream of yours? It was family connections. My my dad uh, used to own horses in Mexico. I'm 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 from Mexico, and. Um, he used to own horses. He used to train them. Um, he used to he used to do everything around the track. And I was probably about uh, ten to eleven years old. And uh, my brother started riding in Mexico City. And I used to go watch him just to, for the races. And uh, and then my dad realized that we you know we really enjoy being at the races. So he's the one that kind of got us into the business. And um, I started galloping. You know, get on the ponies and. I used to just sneak out, sneak out from my barn and go to the training track and just make a little match race with my brother <laughs> in the, on the, riding the ponies. And, uh, that's how we came to be in business. <laughs> so family connections and, and no better way than dad actually guiding you to what uh, what would become your lifelong love and uh, and what you do incredibly well, Jesus. Uh, you know, I can hear the pride in your voice. You, you mentioned Mexico City, born in Mexico City. Hey, where was your first win and who was it? Hey, my first win was in uh, Agua Caliente, Tijuana, ah, Mexico. Very yeah, nice. And, uh, man, uh, let's see. And the name of the horse was uh, Cheese the World. It's only that. Yeah. One you're never going to forget. Are your brothers uh, were were they riders and or are they are they riders at this point? Yes, sir. And uh, they give me a lot of points. You know, they help me out big time. And um, my brother was the one that brought me into the states. Antonio Castanon. He he was the one that came up here to the to um, to USA and started got riding in, in Del Mar, Hollywood Park, and all those places in uh, Southern California. And uh, I decided to go ahead and come with him, and he actually, if he was the one that brought me up here, and uh, you know, I'm, I have been, I've been here ever since. Well, we're really glad that you are, and uh, kudos uh, to listening to your family advice from your father to brothers. It, it seems like you haven't been steered in the wrong direction as of yet, and, and I don't think that's going to be happening anytime soon. I've had the pleasure of watching you ride uh, at many tracks, and especially at Turfway Park, where I worked quite a bit and really enjoyed uh, uh, because you really uh, you, you gave your all, and if it's a maiden race or it was a stakes, it didn't matter. You gave 110%. 
as a professional jockey, do you have any preference? Uh, would you prefer dirt, turf, poly track? Because I've seen you do well on all surfaces. Do you have any professional uh, uh, opinion that you'd rather have one versus the other? Well, no, sir. No, I'm, I mean, I take every race as, as, as it comes. I don't really have any preference. Uh, I ride just about uh, anything. And horses, it just all depends on the horse that I'm riding, you know. Um, I cannot really tell you what uh, what is my preference. I just I I enjoy riding dirt, poly track, or, or or turf, no matter. I, I've watched you on all all three, and, and and you get the job equally done. I, you know, a lot of people that say, oh, you know, I like turf, or you know, I've seen you ride a turfway, which is a poly track surface, and you know, you just kind of skip right over that, and you know, it's always a lot of fun. But uh, you're versed in all three. In your profession, do you have to watch your weight personally and exercise extensively, or are you more of a a natural weighted rider? Well, I probably start having a little. Uh, I probably have to start watching my weight a little, little bit, like in the last five years. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like watching what I'm eating and uh, try to kind of keep my weight down to like 15 or 16 or you know whatever. I don't want to really lose any more weight. Um, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, I am not killing myself. You know, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm healthy. Well, that that's really important because uh, uh, even if it's a pound or two proportionally at your weight, you know you could find yourself a little weaker. You don't find yourself as strong. It seems like you know when I watch you ride, you, it looks like you're right, just like a boxer. You're 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 at the right weight level. Yes, sir. Yeah. You know, I, I've had the opportunity to speak with many riders, and they've always chatted about their their agents. How important is your relationship with the agent Dana, Dennis Cooper? Well, it is pretty important. My agent has really done a good, a good job. I really, we don't, we don't bother to each other. I mean, he let me do my job. I let him do his thing, and uh, he's pretty smart guy. He knows just about everything around the track, and uh, I'm, I'm just going out there and do my job. And I'm very confident in any horse that he put me on. I mean, he's the one that look, at, uh, look up for me, and uh, you know, he, 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 you know, he, uh, and he's. That's how we end up. You know, that's how we we do our, our our paycheck. You know, so I mean, I'm I'm pretty confident in him. I've always heard all the successful riders. They've always referred to it as we. You know, we won five, or you know, we won three, or you know, we did real well. And you know, speaking with Mr. Cooper, you know, he was he was nothing but an utmost professional and a very nice gentleman. And and kudos because he actually got us connected here. Okay, it's time to start talking a little bit about uh, a little bit more about the uh, the second jewel of the Triple Crown. We're heading there. You're riding for Dale Romans aboard Shackleford, and you said Shackleford is eating up, feeling good, and you're you're heading into the race. And you've described your feelings that they're you know you're really getting stoked about this. This chestnut son of the front running forestry uh, grudgingly gave up down the lane. Are you going to change up any tactics as you head into the uh, into the Preakness? Are you going to try to raid, stay back? Or are you just going to let uh, let your horse tell you what you need? Well, I just want to have to. I, you know, the plan is just have to let the horse what uh, he wants to do. Uh, he's a horse that he likes to be right close to the pace. Uh, I mean, you know, if I'm going to be able to take the lead, I'm going to be able to. I'm going to try to just kind of slow the pace, slow slow down the pace as much as I can. I know that I know they have seen this horse running before, and uh, I don't think they're gonna be able to. Let, I don't think they're gonna go here and let me 
get away with the easy easy pace. <laughs> you know, if yeah, if if somebody wants to go, you know, he'd be able to rate you know, I'd be able to rate him, be able to be second or third and uh and uh that's 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 the plan and see what happens, you know. That's that's what I think and and we'll see what uh how everything comes up, you know, whenever I talk to the owner or I mean excuse me, uh, to Dale Romans in the day of the race. It sounds to me like you have a very versatile runner with Shackelford. It sounds just very versatile if you said you're able to rate off a bit. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I don't want to be far, you know. I don't mean, the pace is going to be solid. I'm going to be able to lay in second. That's the probably second mm-hmm. or third. That probably be the um, the best position that I, we can get with this horse because uh, he don't he don't really have a big kick. If he's coming off the pace, he ain't going to finish up. But... Uh, you know, I mean, I like my chances, and I know this horse is, is going to give me 100%, and uh, I think we're going to look good. I love your confidence, and I know Dale Romans, uh, There's, in my opinion, there's not one of the better conditioners out there. He's very, very laid back until it's game time, and he puts his game face on. So I look for uh, rider, trainer, and horse to actually come and, and looking and being their best. So we'll have our fingers crossed for you on the day. Final question, Jesus. As a winner of more than, better than, I should say, 2,000 races, do you have any words of advice for up-and-coming riders Trying to make their way into the game. Well, the uh, best thing is to uh, just as uh, as everybody started in the beginning, you know, try to just hook up with the good people and uh, and uh, and be be humble and um, and ride whatever whatever it comes, whatever it takes to move move on and may you know be able to for them to make them their name. I mean, you know, it's just like like me when I first started riding. I mean, I just you know after this. This year I'm still riding whatever they put me on, five thousand, ten thousand, however. I mean, that at the end that paid off. You know, they just have to keep themselves straight and and uh, clean and be very professional about their business. Words of advice from a man that's uh, he's onward and upward, and we're only going to be seeing bigger and better things from Jesus Casson. Jesus, on behalf of Winning Ponies, we'd like to wish you the best of luck in the Preakness and wherever you bring your tack. We're going to be watching you and rooting for you. Best of luck, and thank you, sir, and hopefully we'll see you in the Winter Circle on Preakness Day. Well, thank you, sir, and thank you for having me here. You Thank you. It's been our pleasure, sir. Mr. Jesus Gaston, rider board Shackelford, Dale Roman's a trainer, Jesus in the irons. I think they have a pretty good chance. Well, time to head out to a break. When we return, we're going to be talking some news from around the world of racing here on Winning Ponies. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. This Is It Sports is an engaging talk program that includes you, the experts, and sports, all moderated by Coach Carl Hargrave. We'll talk about what's going on in the general sports world, collegiate and professional, take a look at youth-oriented sports, athletic development and sportsmanship, faith, and where it has its place in sports, along with a lively discussion with Coach Carl every week. Tune in to This Is It Sports with Coach Carl Hargrave every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. What? 
can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of Horse Stradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Fantasy sports is where the action really is. Over 40 million people play fantasy sports, but rarely do they get to quiz the experts. Fantasy Insights is the name and the game. Tune in every week as Dish Adams and his guests clue you in on the fantasy football game, what's happening on and off the field, and how it will affect your fantasy team. These experts aren't just beat writers assigned to fantasy football. They live and breathe the game. Tune in to Fantasy Insights with Dish Adams every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. school to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports you're tuned in to winning ponies with your host ed meyer got a tip for us need a tip from us if you want to talk with ed or his guests the phone lines are now open toll free at 1-888-346-9144 that's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer, and thank you for taking your time to join us each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, as we talk about the sport of kings. Hope you caught Jesus Castanon. Seems pretty live about his Mount Shackelford, who ran fourth in Kentucky Derby 137. Is next Saturday he tries Preakness 136 aboard Shackelford for Mr. Dale Romans. Tried to steal it. Tried to teach those boys a lesson. Maybe this time he actually will because he seems very high on his mount. So be on alert, Mr. Jesus Castanon likes his runner. From time to time, there's there's stories and. There, there's news in racing that's uh, that's just not it's just not easy to really talk about. But uh, rider Michael Bays was found dead at uh, Churchill Downs. In uh, actually in his car, he was 24 years old. He passed away way too soon. Michael Michael Bays, uh, as I'm reading the Marty McGee article for the Daily Racing Forum, they they have an autopsy that is inconclusive. Jockey found dead uh, was facing a cocaine charge. An autopsy performed on Michael Bays did not reveal a case of death, and a toxicology report for the 24-year-old jockey will not be available for about three weeks. The Jefferson County, Kentucky Coroner's Office announced Wednesday, Bays, a former leading rider at Del Mar, Hollywood Park in Arlington, was found dead by emergency workers at 4.47 p.m. Eastern in the Churchill Downs stable area in his Cadillac Escalade, which apparently had been parked with the engine running throughout the day. The toxicology report will include a test for carbon monoxide poisoning. Police say foul play is non-suspected. The body was found two days before Bayes was due in court to face a charge of cocaine possession. Bobby Kelly, whom Bayes had recently hired as his agent, said he tried to call and text Bayes all morning but not, got no response. Kelly said the backstretch workers informed him that Bayes had apparently been in his vehicle. 
in the same spot all day before emergency workers were called. Since beginning his career in 2003, he had ridden regular in a number of major stakes races, including New Jersey, California, Illinois, Arkansas, and Kentucky. As a member of the famed Bayes family of jockeys from the western United States, his name was known to innumerable employees and fans within the sport. It's something you just can't stop thinking about, said Joe Talamo, who rode alongside Bayes in Southern California. He was very close, but he but he was one that kept to himself. He didn't open up very much. Bayes was fourth with 34 wins at Oakland Park, a meet that ended April 16th, and then rode a handful of races at Keeneland through closing day. His brief life was filled with triumph and occasional trouble. His documents showed that he was scheduled to appear in court on a felony cocaine possession charge stemming from an arrest last November when he was riding at Churchill. You know, when when you read about things like this and you hear about the, the, the game that we actually love, it, it's never easy, you know, whether a rider is injured or or worse, killed on the track and or in training. It's never easy. But when you read about a rider at 24 years old taking away too, uh, way too early in, in a game that we all love and we all respect, it doesn't matter what the, what the outcome is going to be. It's, the results are not going to change. Michael Bayes was a very talented individual. At times he's seen trouble with depression, alcoholism, all that put aside. He was a remarkable rider, and he'll be remembered for quite a long time. He's part of a, a very prestigious family of racing, and I think those are the things we need to focus on. The thing that caught my eye is that and when I was reading that you know he was, he was actually there all day long in his vehicle, I think there's, there's a message in that, that that goes out to all of us that we need to pay attention in life a little bit more if we would have just been you know, a, a little more attentive to what's going on around us. And this goes on with every sport and everything in life, that if we just pay attention a little more. Mike Ways, dead at 24, Churchill Downs. On to some, some good news here. Now, if you watch Kentucky Derby 137, Graham Motion, who has been racing's uh, darling for a while because he, he's an honest trainer. He's a hardworking trainer. He's probably one of the nice guys. Actually, he even graced our show with, with a wonderful guest call-in uh, segment. Really enjoyed that. And, and I love this by Andy Beyer in the Daily Racing where said, Motion's Kentucky Derby win strikes a blow for honesty. Leading into the Kentucky Derby, NBC and the rest of the media prompted stories of a trainer with a heart transplant, the female rider aspiring to win the race, the 70-year-old trainer and his 50-year-old son-in-law, jockey, competing in her first derby, but the ultimate storyline on Saturday couldn't have been much duller. A quiet, astute professional lacking any tug-at-the-heartstring story trains a horse flawlessly to win America's great race. Graham Motion's work with Animal Kingdom was exceptional because he defied so many precedents in the Derby, except for Big Brown in 2008. No horse with fewer than four or fewer starts had won the Derby since 1918. No horse coming off a six-week layoff had won since 56. Even though Animal Kingdom's owner, Barry Irwin, chastised turf riders for getting bogged down statistics, these were quirky stats. And you know what? Graham Motion did an incredible job. 
and, and his, his emotions in the blood horse yesterday was surreal. And there's a picture of his smiling face, and he's hoisting, he's hoisting the trophy. It was surreal. He turns 47 on May 22nd, and while addressing the media, Churchill Downs, to win a derby is something I never expected I was going to do. I always considered a Kentucky Derby winning trainer, and, and, and that speaks volumes. He's always going to be considered a Derby winning trainer. He's a native of Great Britain whose family relocated to the States when he was 16. And unlike American-born trainers, winning the Derby was nothing he aspired to. He didn't mean any disrespect, but it just wasn't ingrained in him that he had to be there. He let his record speak for itself. And, you know, the rider scene was actually pretty, uh, pretty impressive as well. Robbie Alvarado earlier in the week was uh, slated to ride Animal Kingdom. I watched the race in the Vinery Spiral Stakes at Turfway Park, and Animal Kingdom turned in a turn of foot from the 3 ace pole in. That was just incredible. Robbie Alvarado was all set to ride. And he, was, and he was injured earlier in the week. It looked like he had fought 10 of the biggest bullies in the world. He was black and blue, looked like a broken nose, his eye was swollen, took off of his Oaks mounts, and later he had said that you know he was trying to heal up actually to be at his very best for the Kentucky Derby. But upon this motion, when, when he took off, Graham Motion and Barry Irwin come together and they make a decision to switch riders. Uncle Mo scratches. And John Velasquez is supposed to be aboard Uncle Mo. Upon his scratch, Todd Pletcher and Mike Rebelly made the decision they were going to pull Uncle Mo for not being 1,000% in their eyes and ears. And they know what they're doing. They have, uh, they have a very professional operation, and their number and stats speak for themselves. When John Velasquez is open, I have to pose the question to you, what would you do? Now, Robbie A. is an incredible rider. He's, he's won a Belmont Stakes. He's won, he's won a Dubai World Cup. It, is, is, it could go on and on. We could talk for a day for the races that he's won. But Robbie A. may not have been up to 100%. Maybe he would have been. Maybe not. The race is hard enough, actually, to get there and ply your trade. So they made a decision. And, and I hate to say this because I really enjoy watching Robbie ride. I think they've made the right decision. You know, they went with John Velasquez, who was ready, and he was actually 0 for 11 coming into the Derby. It is a tough, tough race, and John Velasquez's stats speak for themselves, but they, they actually opted to go with Johnny Velasquez, and it was a winner's circle full of first. You know, he, he, he gets uh, pulled off. He had a similar call with Escandrea being able to perform, and a year before that with Quality Road. And he had already lost his Mountain Friday's Kentucky Oaks when his Philly R. Heat Lightning was injured earlier in the week. It had been a bad few days for John Velasquez. But, but how it all changes from a phone call, especially from a phone call from a man like Graham Motion, who needed a rider for his cult name, Animal Kingdom. Uh, I, I think how everything actually came together was storybook in nature and, and how everybody just uh, just did a tremendous job and pulled it all together. And there was a record crowd on hand for the Kentucky Derby. Derby 137 was one for the record books as 164,858 enthusiastic race fans packed legendary Churchill Downs, smashing the former attendance record of 163,628 set in 1974 during the 100th anniversary of the Run for the Roses. The victory in the $2 million Kentucky Derby was the first win for America's premier race for a three-year-old thoroughbred for owners and breeders Team Valor, Graham Motion, and Johnny Velasquez. It was incredible. 
wagering on the Churchill card. The full Kentucky Derby card was $23.4 million, an increase of 9%. That's incredible there. We love to hear when you're, when you're hearing that, uh, that things are going up for riders, or excuse me, tracks. On-track wagering for the Derby itself was 11.5, an increase of 4.2%. So increases around the board. We got people picking up mounts. It was just a great day of racing. I was actually there, and, and it was kind of hard to uh, kind of hard to you know sum it up in words. You know, trying to uh, trying to express what it is to be at the Derby. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of lines, but it's always worth it as the day ends up. Here's a little story for you here. Now I was Nick Zito brings dialed in. He's a five to one favorite in the Kentucky Derby. Breaks dead last and finished up very very nicely. And if you go back and take a look at the charts and or watch the replay, dialed in made up a lot of ground, but got a lot of schooling from this race. Here's another little titty right here that we need to be a part of. Zito willing to chase five point five million dollars in a Preakness bonus. With beaten Kentucky favorite dialed in, according to Jay Pribman from the Daily Racing Forum, dialed in who finished eighth as the favorite in Saturday's Kentucky Derby will come right back in two weeks for the Preakness Stakes. A situation that would mean a victory in that race would be far more to him than the Derby winner Animal Kingdom. He won the Holy Bull and the Florida Derby at Gulfstream earlier this year. That made him eligible for a $5.5 million bonus from MI Developments, the parent company of both Gulfstream and Pimlico, if he were also to win the Preakness Stakes on May 21st. The lucrative bonus was one of the reasons cited by Nick Zito on Sunday morning is worth pursuing the Preakness with dialed in. Now, I'm not about to point fingers because that's not part of the game. Anybody can, uh, anybody can sit up in the stands and throw uh, touchdowns. Nick Zito knows what he's doing. $5.5 million. There's 5.5 million reasons why I believe Dialed In is going to be looking his best. Now, Animal King is going to be tough, and you just heard from Shackelford. I think it's going to be an exciting day. Kentucky Derby injury forces Arch 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 into retirement following a successful surgery to repair a fracture in the Derby, but the Colt has been retired. What a run, and what a time it was as we got to talk with Jinx Fires. Louisiana Derby pants on fire will rest until the Haskell after bleeding in the Kentucky Derby. Trust you me, Kelly Breen will bring that runner back. Churchill Downs to review Derby starter policy. The president of Churchill Downs said the track will take a close look at the policies for the 20-horse starting field for the Kentucky Derby presented by Young Brands with consideration being given to permit another horse to be added if a horse is scratched. Now, there was a lot of the scuttlebutt. There's always a lot of scuttlebutt at the racetrack. And, and according, it says, to me, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, said Churchill Downs Track President Kevin Flannery. One day after the 137th renewal of the Classic, we have a great race, and we want to make sure everyone has a chance to run. Others were saying that there was a late defection and it actually did not allow someone in. Presently, the Derby is limited to 20 runners and preference given on a basis of purses earned in graded stakes races. Once the entries are taken on Wednesday, no other horses can be added. Should one of the 20 drop out, as been the case in two of the last three years, sorry about your luck. But what he's saying, if an also-eligible system was used for the Derby, 
as it is with nearly all races running in North America, and the next horse on the list will be able to run in the event of a scratch. Now, how cool would that be? This year, Rapidly Stable Uncle Mo was entered, entered on May 4th, but scratched on May 6th due to internal health problems. Two horses that were entered, Sway Away and Ruler on Ice, were excluded because they were not among the top 20 in graded earnings. Two years ago, favored I Want Revenge was scratched on the morning of the Derby. In both years, the Derby was run with only 19 starters instead of 20. I like Flannery's decision. I think it's really good. You know, we, we do it for the other races. And, and he said, we've set the field at 20. And Flannery said, but if you're number 21, then you should have a chance to run if there is a scratch. The track executive said that the procedures for not permitting horses to be added once the field is set needs to be reviewed. I think it is really good. The process we have right now may be the best way to do it, but I don't know that we will be making a change. I think things are definitely under scrutiny here. I I think they're going to be looking at this. And as I talked about Robbie Alvarado, you know, he didn't want his picture taken. But I'm going to tell you a little something about this man. He's as professional as the day is long. He will be back. Actually, a little blog ditty, tossed it out there. He's going to be back. It may not be Churchill Downs for you know, the remainder. We don't know the extent of his injuries and how you know, deep and how far running they are. But he knows that the derby fate is cruel. And a 110-pound man gets stomped on and just gets torn apart. It looks like 10 bullies just had him in a corner. But actually, you know, to the, op- the option of riding in a derby has to, be, has to be a part of his heart. But, you know, he was professional enough. And kudos goes out to the rider and the owner of Animal Kingdom who actually are opting to do something financially for Robbie Alvarado. Not that uh, I think Robbie, you know, it's going to be uh, one of these uh, cases of, uh, you know, if I don't have this, you know, it's going to be the end of my uh, riding career. I think Robbie's a a tried-and-true professional, but I think it's a really classy move on their part. But to contradict that right there, Kentucky Derby, trainers responding to Barry Irwin's comment about lying. Now, I know the rest of the world has heard what Barry Irwin actually said to NBC Sports' Bob Newmeyer on his way to the Churchill Downs Winter Circle. Irwin was asked why he moved all of Team Valor's horses to Graham Motion, whom, he, whom Irwin hired late last year. He said, I got tired of trainers lying to me, Irwin said on national TV. I wanted a guy to tell me the truth. Irwin then answered plenty when asked how many trainers lied to him before departing to the winter circle. Now, Barry Irwin, president of Team Valor International Syndicate that owns the Kentucky Derby winner Animal Kingdom, did not back away from some of the controversial comments. But I think right now, with all the other radio stations and such, he's actually just dropped back and punted, and he realized what he said may have been misconstrued. It was in the heat of the moment. And you know who came to his, who came to his aid? Uh, you know, not, not with his arm around him crying, but actually it was Todd Pletcher. Now, Pletcher is, is a man of business. There's no mincing words, and he's, he's a very serious horse trainer, and his numbers speak for themselves. And he said, you know, many times Pletcher has been caught by the media. By, or the media can kind of twist and manipulate, you know, a, a word in, in the heat of one of the greatest times of your life and or could be one of the most sorry for, saddest. And, and sometimes you're, you're, you're cast in a, in a very ugly light. And Pletcher understood that. 
He knows that's not what Barry Irwin's about and Team Valor's about. But in fact, it was it, with Pletcher being part of that, uh, part of his team, and also uh, with Wayne Catalano, the king of Chicago, you know, being being part of his, uh, you know, his training, uh, his, tr- his training uh, posse over the years. He said that you know he really wasn't making reference to them. But you know what? I think this is an issue that's probably better off just forgotten and left out there. You know, we, we've seen it enough, we've heard it enough, and, and, I, and I keep looking at it uh, no matter how many times that, you know, you turn the page. I think Barry Irwin's just going to have to outlive this. And, uh, you know, as a former sports writer, he knows that the media can be a cruel animal at times. It can be your best friend and, and worst enemy all in the same breath. But I think as a former sports writer, I think he knows the rules of the game. Kind of surprised when I actually heard this, and, uh, you know, it, it really, really kind of caught me off guard. But I think Barry Irwin's going to have to, uh, going to, have to live this one out for a while and just kind, of, uh, just kind of shake it off. I want to give you some near misses here, Triple Crown near misses. And we're going to start with, uh, how about 1991, Hansel, 10th in the Derby. Win-win, that means Preakness and Belmont. Tabasco Cat in 94, sixth in the Derby, a win-win. 95 with Thunder Gulch, wins in the Derby, third in the middle leg, wins the, wins the Belmont. How about Silver Turner? Win-win in a dirty second by a nose in 1997. Real quiet, win-win, another close second in 98. 99 Charismatic, win-win in third. In the Belmont, that mile-and-a-half race at Big Sandy was just a little too much. Point given, fifth win, win. Gary Stevens also said that point given, he may have cost him the race. But, you know, I'm not about to point a finger at uh, Gary Stevens and or point given. He's one of my favorite horses of all time. War emblem, a win, a win, and an eighth. And then we're going to go to Big Brown in 2008. Win, win, and ninth. What will happen this year? Nobody knows. It's just like roulette. You know, we, we don't know what to really expect. So, you know, there's been plenty of triple crown near misses. Just ask uh, Rico Flores, who almost missed his $100,000 Derby win wager. I mean, if that were you, you know what, I, I actually signed up for it. You know, didn't make it because Mr. Flores had the opportunity. He had the floor. He pretty much would have been kicking himself pretty good if he would have missed his shot you know, for uh, for at least a hundred thousand dollar wager to take his best shot. Running down some of the Preakness hopefuls here, we got Animal Kingdom and the Mike Watchmakers tossing out his odds. Animal Kingdom, he's guessing him at two to one. Astrology fifteen to one. Concealed Identity twenty to one. Dance City twelve. Dialed in, we've got five to one. If you get five to one, bet early and bet often for Nick Zito. Flashpoint and Wesley Ward fifteen to one. King Kanji back on the scene twenty to one after third in the bluegrass. Midnight interlude for Bob Baffert twelve to one. Mr. Commons, John Sheriff, fifteen to one. Said he wouldn't take a horse to the Derby if he wasn't ready, so he's bringing him to the Preakness. That gives me confidence, Mr. Commons. Mucho Macho Man, six to one. Norman Absjorson. 30 to 1. Shackleford, 10 to 1. Dale Romans and Jesus casting on fourth in the Derby. And rounding out the field of eligibles here is Sway Away, 15 to 1. Got some runners. It's really going to be really exciting, and you're going to want to stay tuned. And speaking of staying tuned, how about let's stay tuned for a couple of runners here for the weekend. Let's start at Belmont and race nine. The Peter Pan, it's a grade two. This race here is, uh, is, is a big precursor for the Belmont. The first three finishers, no entry fees for the Belmont. And horses that have actually run well in this have actually put a, put a beautiful, 
touch on the Belmont. It's a one-term mile and an eighth event, and I love two horses in here. They're going to get a big box uh, piece of action for me. The six altercation. Uh, Ramon Dominguez, Donnie Von Hemmel, four for five lifetime. Second off of a layoff for the Von Hemmel barn is 16% yielding winners. And I, and I love this here. Uh, you know, he ran a beautiful race on the poly track at Arlington. I believe that's a tightener. It was a fast closing fifth in the grade one Arkansas Derby after coming off slow. And I said altercation, it's alteration. Alteration, Ramon Dominguez and Donnie, or Donnie Von Hemmel, they're, they're actually coming together. And I, I like the six. And also I'm going to box it up with Adios Charlie, Rajiv Mara, Stanley Huff. They, they team up together. Three off the layoff, which is one of my favorite angles to actually play. One is last start in the grade two Jerome at Aqueduct. And I think Huff wins 22%. Going around this four hundred thousand dollars son of Indian Charlie looks really good to me. So I'm going to box alteration and adios Charlie Woodbine race eight. I like the grade three Hendry stake six and a half furlongs. Tons of speed in here. Doctor Zick, Wildcat Marie Embers, Song and Who Why. I like Ariana D. Omar Marino for Lori Silveria winning nineteen percent two for two in the money at Woodbine two for two at the distance. I love Ariana D. In the eighth race at Woodbine on Saturday, the grade three Hendry. Hollywood race number three is the grade two Jim Murray, a mile and a half on the turf. Speed event on the weeds. I like Hamish High. Mike, a, Mike Smith uh, for Art Sherman, who's winning 25%. One for two at Hollywood. Four for six in the money on the weeds. Beaten favorite last time out. I love beaten favorites because they come back with a nasty taste in their mouth. Hollywood race three. I like Hamish High in the Jim Murray. And then we got Churchill down race 10, the unbridled Sydney. Five panels on the turf for 63,000. Love well deserved, Mr. Casnon. I didn't put him in the. Uh, he didn't put him on the spot here. Two off of a layoff. Solid works at Keeneland and the poly track and keep him tight. Impressive win on the weeds at Keeneland. Two for three on the green and a five and a half to five furlongs. You can bet well-deserved. It's going to be well-deserved running in the Unbridled Sydney Race 10 at Churchill Downs. Monmouth Park Race 10, you got the decathlon stakes. I like Wildcat Brief. Marquez, Carlos Marquez and Ben Perkins teaming off. Been off since October 2010, and I see these two hooking together because they went 25% as a tandem and there you have it you've got a little bit of news you got a little bit of pics you've had a great interview and you've had some news from around the world of racing and 137 the kentucky derby is in the books so time flies and you're talking thoroughbred racing and it's only 358 days and counting till kentucky derby 138 winning ponies wishes you the best of luck on and off the track and on the triple crown trail and there's no better time to check us out at www.winningponies.com We'd like to thank this week's special guest, Mr. Jesus Castan, Ryder Shackelford, heading to the Preakness. Good luck, sir. Good luck, Mr. Romans, and good luck, Shackelford. So until next week, may your winners be many and your photos be few. Good luck and good night, everyone. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.